All right. Hello, everyone. I am here at NYU Future Labs uh, talking to some of the uh, AI Nexus uh, batch companies. And right now I'm here with Jeet Rout, who's the CEO of Behold.ai. Uh, great to have you on the show, Jeet. Yeah, thanks for having us, Sam. Uh, so Behold.ai, Behold, uh, that's a bold name. What are you guys up to? What problem are you going after? Sure. So our main focus is basically using some of the latest advancements in natural language processing to help automate and make medical billing and coding more efficient. Okay. What is it about that problem that, uh, that lends itself to AI? Or what's, what's the problem there? I think we all, we all have a sense of it, but maybe you can help characterize it for us. Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest problems currently in medical billing is the fact that there's a high level of errors. Mm-hmm. And this is due to a variety of reasons, but one being that the there's a variety of codes being used on both the billing and insurance side that have mm-hmm. to be regularly updated, and that a lot of current billers have been around for a long time, and just kind of due to the nature of how medical technology is, it tends to be a bit slower and a bit further behind. Mm-hmm. So right now, a lot of hospitals and clinics actually end up faxing over medical records for medical billers to actually parse through manually. So they fax okay. them over, they're printed out, and then someone sits there and manually looks over them and types it into a different computer system. And this is, I mean, this is the way it's done mostly in 2017. So this, it's just an incredibly antiquated system. Wow. So it's not, I envisioned, you know, everyone has Epic, uh, the electronic yeah, medical absolutely. record system and the insurer. There's some electronic exchange of information based on the ERM. That's not the way it's happening out there. Yeah. So what ends up happening is that you're, and you're absolutely right about EMR systems such as Epic, um, Cerner, Allscripts, these major players in the space right now. The problem is that, well, it's, it's a kind of twofold. One is that mm-hmm. a lot of this data is siloed okay. um, due to a variety of laws, including HIPAA. A lot of the data is kept within data centers in the hospital, and they're very reluctant to set up um, cloud-based API systems to easily transfer the data. Okay. And then the other problem is that a lot of medical billing companies are, they tend to be a lot of mom and pop shops that have been doing this for decades now. But okay. the way it's been done for the last 20, 30 years is just the way it's been done now, just because setting up all the integrations, getting mm-hmm. all the technology working with each other is outside of the expertise and the scope of what a lot of billers have been up to. So what we're really trying to do is kind of just help the whole process become more efficient. Okay. So today, most service providers outsource billing to some other, like a, a large hospital system, um, would they typically have in, inside billing or they would also outsource it? Sure. Um, so a large hospital system, if it's large enough, would actually have it in-house. Okay. Um, but a mid, mid-size or anything smaller, there's a good chance they'll outsource it. A big reason is just the overhead and the cost. Sure. Um, there's a lot of specialty shops, especially abroad, that, that specialize in medical billing. And yet again, it's just a matter of it being a just much cheaper to do. Okay. Um, but yet again, with that, another big problem that happens is that you just have a large number of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a nerd wallet report saying that basically close to 50% of all Medicare claims mm-hmm. sent through the centers of Medicare and Medicaid services actually have some sort of error. So the error rate is actually extremely high. And what that means for us um, as patients and for um, payers and providers is that it's a 26% increase in total costs for healthcare. Wow. And total- 20% of the, of the, I mean, we all, I think, look at healthcare as being an area where there's a lot of inefficiencies, right? But 
there are folks are estimating that 25% of that is just due to miscoding insurance claims. Yeah. And a, and a wow. big, I mean, to put that into perspective, if you're talking about a $3.2 trillion annual spend on healthcare, that's $800 billion, right? It's, it's in things wow. that can be reduced. That's bigger than the market cap for Apple. That's like, if it was its own country, that would be the 16th largest economy in the world. <laughs> so this is just a massive problem. Wow. Well, I, I normally ask why, what made you want to go after this problem, but it's kind of obvious. Um, but how did you personally get to, uh, to this problem and what were you doing before? Sure. Um, so when we started off um, our company, we were actually more focused on um, computer vision within the medical space. So that's really? why part of the Behold uh, name comes from the, <laughs> the, the vision part of that. Um, so one of the more difficult things that we ran across was we, so we actually built out a platform that can help analyze uh, medical images and help um, you know, detect abnormalities in areas and help you know, even triage images for radiologists to look at, ophthalmologists to look at. Okay. So one of the problems we, we came across there was um, in, our, in our process was not even the technical problem of this. It's, it's, it's doable, but more of the kind of go-to-market and getting in everywhere, um, getting integrations in and kind of getting the write-off from you know, the C-level mm-hmm. um, radiologists and the IT. So, so it's a very drawn-out process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started thinking about other applications of using computer vision. And one thing that kind of, we came across was the fact that there's this very archaic process right now. Mm-hmm. So even one of the first things that we started doing was um, using some existing uh, optical character recognition technologies to convert the faxes into digital form. So one of the first things that has to happen is that when the faxes get sent over, the coders have to literally retype in the information, which is an extremely inefficient use of their time. Yeah. Um, So even little things like that right off the bat can help really speed up this process. Uh, It's amazing how... Technology moves. Twenty years ago, people were talking about all of the, you know, the fact stuff going away to EDI and APIs and stuff like that. And now you're, you're telling us that basically facts is the universal API for insurance billing, <laughs> and you actually have to do something to, um, to make that intelligible. Yeah. Uh, so you you have all these fax images. You allow someone to, or you allow the like who actually who's your customer? The provider, the payer. Where um, are you in this? So currently, the, the model we have right now is the provider. The, the idea okay. being that they're the ones who directly just need the service done. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do on our side is we can take the fax over um, records, we can digitize them, and we can start process them. We still have a human. Um, who looks them over and make sure that mm-hmm. everything's good. Um, but what's, this is, what's great about this is over time, and then we'll actually have that submitted to a claim for a claims gateway through for a payer. Okay. Um, what's useful, really useful about this is that we'll actually get the feedback on this. Mm-hmm. So this is where this becomes really important for training um, our model, where mm-hmm. this active feedback loop will actually help our kind of algorithms get really good at this over time. So mm-hmm. our biggest thing right now is that can we parse through something quickly and then um, just a regular... Um, biller can just look at it and we can generate these codes automatically and then they can just write out, just agree, agree with the codes right away. So they okay. can say this is correct, this is incorrect. They can still adjust it after the fact. Okay. But still, this provides a huge um, level of efficiency increase over the current system right now. Got it. And so you guys are uh, essentially the the provider would choose you guys in place of whoever their current coder is and you would essentially code for them with the option of later on kind of doing the whole end-to-end billing piece yep exactly 
So you could say kind of Uber for insurance coding. Hopefully you don't use that analogy. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. maybe Uber, maybe a Lyft. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of the idea right now is the fact that right away we can make it efficient just by cutting down on the inefficiencies of more archaic technologies. But over mm-hmm. time, um, once we actually have these models trained out, we can actually make it not only much faster, but much more efficient in terms of uh, reducing error rates and actually helping providers take in more money. Mm-hmm. And making making sure also even for patients because what ends up happening is that that excess cost, um, like you or I cannot look at a billing sheet and decipher it very, very well and understand what's happening on it. Right. Um, it's it's also going to be beneficial to all patients. Right. Right. To use that provider. Yeah. Uh, so you brought some vision technology over from the uh, the original idea behind Behold which helped you understand, you know, what was on the facts, but then you probably needed some NLP and other technologies to actually um, interpret the facts. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what you're doing there? Sure. Um, so for the, so the basic kind of, um, we, we were using neural networks for the computer vision part where we had images trained out with these labels, and then over time the computer could actually discern between different labels on images completely on its own. Okay. So for the um, when we're dealing with the medical billing, it's a little bit different where one of the first things we're doing is reading a form. Because a lot of these, what ends up happening is that a lot of these forms are predefined. Mm-hmm. So there it's actually a little bit simpler just using optical character recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, where it becomes more interesting is for the OCR, once you actually have the medical record or the procedure record or the procedure notes, that's actually where the NLP comes into play. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're using a variety of methods, um, both, you know, we'll have names of procedures in, in, a, in a database. Um, we actually map out what we think procedures are from those medical notes, generate what's called an ICD-10 or 9 code, which is basically a, a disease code used internationally, mm-hmm. which correlate to a CPT code, which are the uh, reimbursement codes for payers. So the idea being that once we generate the disease code, we can generate the billing code and then pass it on to claims. So we can just improve that whole um, pipeline there just using the natural language processing. Is there any AI, so is there a one-to-one mapping between diseases and claim codes, or is there some intelligence that has to be applied there as well? Sure. Um, There it's not necessarily one-to-one, but what ends up happening is that you can have one disease code that has a variety of different billing codes. Because, for example, Mm -hmm. you could have one disease code that requires a variety of different procedures done. So there, it's it's not using. But it's kind of deterministic. It's not exactly like exactly. You're trying to figure anything out there. Right, right, right. Okay. So the biggest thing, honestly, is going from here's a here's a here's some text, here's some short form notes, and converting that to the disease code, and that's where the the biggest advantage comes in. And do the are those short form notes? Um, are you are we still still dealing with handwriting at this point, or is it all type text on a fax? Sure. <laughs> um, for. Um, with the, with the ACA, um, a lot of doctors actually have to type up digital notes. So digital yeah. notes are required. So the good thing is that um, while there are faxes involved, um, none of for the most part, there's no handwriting here, which is okay. really good. So we're at least beyond that point. Yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. So what what did you what have you learned in the process um, from a technology perspective, or what what have you found? You know, what surprised you, you know, once you made this pivot to going after the, um, the healthcare space or the insurance billing space um, from a technology perspective? Sure. Um, one of the more interesting things is that, you know, as you mentioned um, with Epic and the other EMR systems is kind of how the fact that it's, it's interesting that a lot of them don't necessarily have a cloud-based platform. There are a couple, but for the most part, 
almost everything tends to be locally stored mm-hmm. um, on hospital servers and kind of communication between the two. So there's a standard called HL7, which is the way that EMRs can universally communicate with each other. Um, for the most part, I mean, especially as a patient, um, I think one of the two things, first of all, that the data, like you, you can think that we own the data. We don't, it's, it's kind of this gray area. Mm-hmm. Uh, data ownage is actually partially, it's still mostly on the hospital, the hospital owns okay. the data, um, all of our medical data. And the other thing being that um, just communication between these systems is very complex. Not from a technical standpoint, but from more of the integration standpoint, making sure all these things communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. But that ability to communicate, that transparency is actually highly effective because there could be a lot of times when, let's say, you go to a different clinic or you move. Um, it's very difficult to actually send over your medical records. So what will end up happening is the fact that your eye could easily go in for procedure and get more tests done, redone, mm-hmm. even though you have the record elsewhere. So just... I just, to me, I think just uncovering more and more of the inefficiencies within right. medicine itself that would seem like they'd be pretty solvable given today's more common technologies. And um, are, is, uh, five years ago or so, there was, this is probably due to the ACA, there was a big move towards these HIEs, healthcare information exchanges. Is that still happening or is that all kind of stalled out? It's it's still going on, but it's just it's just such a long procedure, yeah. um, and and I think you know over time it'll have to be realized mostly because um, as we go forward with medicine, um, a lot of especially uh, CMS is looking at more repayments based on population health statistics and outcomes versus fee for service. Right. So as we move more towards that model, these health information exchanges are incredibly important because otherwise we're not really sure what data we're looking at, and mm-hmm. more than anything, we need to be more cognizant or the healthcare system needs to be more cognizant about what they're repaying and what they're doing mm-hmm. um, so we can really cut down on costs. Because ultimately over time, um, the way that we're doing it is just not sustainable from the U.S. economy. Right, right. Uh, well, if you weren't going after the insurance uh, market, what are a few other opportunities for applying machine learning and AI in healthcare that you've come across? Um, there's a lot of more simple things, even just optimizing for there's been companies that have done really amazing things with just things like optimizing for lighting, optimizing for lighting. Just, yeah, it sounds it sounds kind of like you know it it sounds a little bit weird, but even like the, the you know lighting on the mood that patients have, okay. um, adjusting for that intelligently, even just like use of space, use of you know there, there's a lot of ways to optimize many of the kind of inefficiencies that mm-hmm. hospitals have today. Um, I think right away we go to this kind of really you know really technologically deep like deep like deep learning using like the latest ai stuff but honestly a lot of the inefficiencies of hospitals are just simple things that could just be done more intelligently mm. Mm. uh well great i've really enjoyed this conversation anything else you'd like to mention about what you guys are up to um yeah i mean for us right now one of our biggest goals is we're working on a pilot with a cardiology clinic out of nevada okay. um, and then down the road one of our biggest things you know trying to scale this out is to go to a variety of different hospitals and clinics working with a variety of different data sets because one of the things that will be most valuable will be how robust we can make our algorithms and how mm-hmm. they can work on a variety of systems. So we'll look forward to the challenges and um, see what lies ahead. Great. And where can folks learn more? Sure. Um, so if you go to our website, behold, B-E-H-O-L-D, dot A-I dot com, um, we have a bit about what we're doing, um, better the, you know, the basic overview of the technologies as well as some things about our team and kind of updates what we'll be doing in the future. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much, Jeet. Yeah, thanks a lot. Great talking with you.